The plot so far. Pope Mordecai Stimberline was a regular pope, making up new laws and saying it was God's idea, drinking the blood of children to stay healthy, and pickling his head to look young. Unfortunately, soaking his head in vinegar for three hours a day (laughs) had a detrimental effect. He became consumed with jealousy and started killing anyone he thought was more beautiful than him. Kind of like that witch in Snow White, but with a pickled head. <laughs> Eventually, his popey congregation rebelled and murdered him. Mm-hmm. But then, Stimberline came back as a spooky skeleton with a scythe. Yeah. And this time, no one was safe, <laughs> as no one was less attractive than a spooky skeleton with a weird lumpy skull. <laughs> no one, that is, except Forkret <laughs> Binchley, yeah. the monopedal leader of the flippin' <laughs> amazing Trevor Detective Skilled, <laughs> who, once pretty much everyone in London had been murdered, decided to deal with the situation by running away to space in a spaceship. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, he took Pope Stimberline with him and got murdered anyway. Not for being attractive, but for being a really annoying and useless pillock. (laughs) (laughs) That's basically what happened, right? What, is he dead? He's only inside a... a, No, hang on. No, because remember in your chapter, Poppy Stimberline murdered him. Oh. And then... No, (laughs) Yeah, that's what happened, but then... And that would have been the end of that, except... That Gret was wearing his He Portal watch. Oh! Which he probably got from the He Portal shop in <laughs> He Portal Town. Yeah. And it had the amazing ability to send Gret one hour back in time so that he could get killed by Stimberline again mm-hmm. and again until eventually he came up with an ingenious plan to avoid being murdered by Pope Stimberline by cleverly getting eaten by a crocodile <laughs> instead. <laughs> yeah. Will Gret Croco die? Oh! Will he be Croco digested? Yeah! Or will he find a Croco door in the Croco Dodecadactylum <laughs> and escape? Find out over the next several minutes in Gret Binchleaf and the Adventure of the Complicated Head, Chapter 7 If You Leaf Me Now, You Take Away the Binchest Part of Me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you took us back to an old film, <laughs> right? A crocker did. Yeah, you yeah. crocker did. So I thought, fair enough. I'll do what we used to do in like book two or whatever, where we use song titles. Brilliant. <laughs> the continuing adventures of Brett Binchley, the soft-boiled private dick with a crippling fear of pies. Congratulations on your new He Portal Watch, which promises many happy hours of doing exactly the same things over and over again. Did you just eat a really succulent sausage? Eat it again with your He Portal Watch. Did you just fail an important exam? Take it again with your He Portal Watch. Did you accidentally run over little Timmy's pet rabbit with the lawnmower? Run him over again (laughs) with your He Portal Watch. Warning, the He Portal Watch is a toy and should not be used to alter significant historical events. Users must never set the watch for more than one hour into the past, as doing so invalidates the warranty and can cause unwanted side effects. Mm. Side effects include headaches, nausea, a broken He Portal Watch, (laughs) the complete destruction of time itself... (laughs) And the wearer being thrown a thousand years backwards in time. (laughs) With a headache and a broken he portal watch. (laughs) 
And B, nine times out of ten, it's the last one. <laughs> the Time Loop Toy Company accepts no liability for people irretrievably lost in time. Oh my gosh. Is he going to go back a thousand years? <clears throat> I don't know, let's find out. One thousand years earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Hello! shouted Grant Binchleaf. <laughs> Can anyone hear me? I'm lost. All these bleeding trees look the same. I'm hungry. Can someone bring me some chips? Gret shouted until he was hoarse. Then he tried to eat the horse, but discovered that it wasn't that type of horse. Gret was alone in a forest on an alien planet with no chip shops and no tasty horses. Taxi! Gret shouted. (laughs) Taxi! Gret stumbled through the trees, shouting for a taxi until he was hoarse. Then, (laughs) Then he tried to ride the horse, but quickly rediscovered that it still wasn't that type of horse. Gret struggled on, his progress made slower and more difficult by the fact that he only had one leg. (laughs) His wooden leg was currently inside a crocodile a thousand years in the future, as was his real leg, and the John Williams Orchestra, and Gret's girlfriend, Pope Mordecai Stimberline. Gret hopped forwards, lost his balance, and tumbled noisily through the undergrowth. He slid, rolled, bounced, and landed on his face in a small clearing. He spat some bits of tree and raised his eyes to see a wooden shack, a rickety table and chairs, and a space monk. (laughs) Hello, I am a space (laughs) monk. I was tempted, but no. Hello, said the space monk. My goodness, you look terrible. You look like someone punched you with a tree. It was lucky that Gret's magic hat allowed him to speak any language in the universe, (laughs) as well as all that guff about seeing ghosts. I couldn't see what I was doing inside that crocodile. I pressed the he portal button on my he portal watch. <laughs> and the next thing I know, I'm plummeting towards an alien planet a thousand years in the past. Is it an alien planet as well? Yeah, it's a totally... Yeah, yeah, oh. he, basically, he was in space, right? Yeah. And he used his he portal oh, course, watch, which yeah. changes time but not space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when course, he moves yeah. a thousand years backwards... I keep backwards, forgetting he was in space. That's yeah, right. so he's gone a thousand years backwards and he's just found himself in space. With Obi-Wan Kenobi. Well, we don't know that yet. <laughs> So, and he, he materialised above the planet and he found himself plummeting towards an alien planet a thousand years in the past with a headache and a broken watch. The space monk helped Gret to stand, then guided him hoppily over to a chair. Mm. I landed in a tree, said Gret. Have you got any food? You could share some of my leaf cake. It's my own special recipe. The space monk pointed at a lump of green mush on the table. Let me guess. Does this recipe involve getting a load of leaves, <laughs> squishing them together with some mud and calling it cake? That it does. Gret looked at the mush. He knew it was just a pile of rotting alien leaves and dirt. He knew that. <laughs> but the monk had called it cake. <laughs> and sometimes that's enough. Yeah. Well, you know what they say? When in space, do as the space monks do, <laughs> said Gret and took a big bite. You should open a cake shop, said Gret. You could call it the stupid rubbish cake shop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Gret Binchleaf, Gret announced. I was named after the sound my dad made when he first saw me. Oh. That's why my middle name is... Oh, sorry, nurse, let me get you a towel to wipe that sick off your face. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pleasure to meet you, Gret. Oh, sorry, nurse, let me get you a towel to wipe that sick off your face, Binchleaf. My name is The Mighty Johnson. Oh. Welcome to my home. Yeah, whatevs, said Gret. Where the floppy twodge am I? What's this planet called? 
I don't think it has a name. I'm the only one who lives here, and I never named it. Right, we'll call it Binch World, and I'll be king. Now, (laughs) what are you doing on my planet, Johnson? (laughs) I came here long ago to learn about something very powerful. Something most people don't believe exists. What's that, then? Magic space gas. (laughs) (laughs) It's a gas that comes out of all living things. It surrounds us, penetrates us, and binds the galaxy together. And you can use it to become a ninja and kill people. (laughs) Yeah, sounds great, said Gret. Can it build me a new leg? Yes, the mighty Johnson smiled. But before I can teach you, you must unlearn everything you currently know. Gret cracked his knuckles. That shouldn't take too long, he said. When can we start? (laughs) Some time later, the mighty Johnson was sitting cross-legged on the ground before the shack. Gret wasn't sitting cross-legged on account of not having the requisite number of legs. (laughs) Here, Gret whispered. (laughs) Are we done yet? Meditation takes time, Gret, and concentration. But we've been doing it for ages, <laughs> Gret whined. We've been doing it for three minutes. Can't we do something else, something less boring? Very well, said Johnson. I shall set you a conundrum. Brilliant, I love conundrums. I always say my favourite kind of drum is a conundrum, <laughs> said Gret, who had no idea what a conundrum was. <laughs> How is it possible, said the mighty Johnson, for a person... To eat milk. (laughs) It isn't, Gret replied. (laughs) People drink milk, which is weird if you think about it. I mean, we don't drink anything else that's manufactured inside a cow. No one would drink wine if the bottle said fermented inside the finest cow. Open your mind, Gret. If a person wanted to eat milk, how could he do it? I don't know, make it into cheese? But then he's eating cheese. Mm. All right. What about some kind of milk sandwich? <laughs> no, that, that's just that's just wet bread, isn't it? <laughs> Think, Gret. See the world as it truly is. Have you never eaten milk? <laughs> Gret stared at the mighty Johnson. He'd travelled through uncharted space in a flying building. He'd been repeatedly murdered by a sexy skeleton. He'd been eaten by a crocodile. He'd been thrown a thousand years into the past, crash-landed on this almost empty planet, and all to sit on a rock listening to some twallop go on about eating milk. Johnson raised a bony finger as if he were about to impart some great wisdom. What about cornflakes? <laughs> If I say, what did you have for breakfast? Would you answer, I drank a bowl of cornflakes? (laughs) No. (laughs) And if it is possible... (laughs) And if it is possible for us to eat soup by putting it in a bowl and using a spoon, then can I not also go to my fridge, pour some milk into a bowl, fetch myself a spoon and... Eat the milk? Can I not eat milk? Am I not eating that milk? Am I not a milk eater? Yeah, okay, well done. You can eat milk. Congratulations. I thought you said you came here to learn space magic, not how to be a prat. Then, without warning, Gret detected something. Here, how do you know what cornflakes are? What do you mean? You're a space monk from the past, living alone on a planet with absolutely no shops, 
bowls or flipping breakfast cereals. <laughs> so how do you know about cornflakes? Magic space gas <laughs> allows me to know what you know. Oh. You're reading my mind. Shit, look, look, I didn't know how old she was. She lied to me about her age. I only found out the truth when I caught her in the post office collecting her pension. <laughs> I am not here to judge, Gret Binchleaf, said Johnson. I can help you. I know how you can get off this planet, get back to your own time, defeat Pope Mordecai Stimberline, and save humanity from extinction. Chips, said Gret. Can you get me some chips? Yes. Then I'm interested. Tell me more, Johnson. There's only one way you can succeed. It's simple, but you have to get it right. Firstly, you must. But before the mighty Johnson could say any more, a spaceship landed on his head and he died. (laughs) (laughs) Gret stared at Johnson's feet sticking out from under the small spaceship and tried to think of something witty to say. It was difficult because he was pretty sure he'd already used land dead and ground dead and he hated to repeat quips. (laughs) You're flat dead, he said. At which point the spaceship window wound down and a strikingly handsome man leaned out. Hi there, he said. Can you tell me if I'm heading in the right direction for Earth? What do you want to go to Earth for? Are you going to murder everyone with a big space laser? No way, my friend. I'm emigrating there. Why? My travel agent said they're super primitive. Like, they haven't even had an enlightenment yet. They, they don't even have cars. If they want to go somewhere, they have to sit on a big dog. <laughs> Horse, Greg corrected. No, I I don't think they sit on whores. I think whores are for sex. If you want to have sex with a filthy, diseased monkey... Any port in a storm, thought Gret. (laughs) It had been weeks since he'd last had real sex, and that hadn't gone well. Midway through, the woman had stopped riding him like a sex buffalo and accused him of not knowing her name. Of course I know your name, Gret had protested. It's, um, woman, (laughs) twit... Sadly, his gamble didn't pay off. (laughs) Her name was not Woman Twit. (laughs) I'm sorry, Gret said, looking up into her leaking eyes. Look, I won't forget again. Just help me out. What is your name? She wiped a tear from her beautiful, sultry eye and said, Grant (laughs) Pinchlopes! After that, they really hadn't recaptured the mood. (laughs) 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 Okay, if it's so primitive and rubbish, Gret said to the gorgeous spaceman, why do you want to live there? Apparently you can get pretty good work there. You turn up in an old spaceship, put on a light show for them and tell them you're a god or a messenger of god and hey presto, they worship you. Mm -hmm. You want slaves. (laughs) No way fella, I'm going to be nice to them. I'll bring peace and prosperity to that little planet. And then, after I die, they'll always remember me. And ain't that a thought? A planet where they'll never forget me. Me, a simple space farmer's son from Epsilon Eridani B. Imagine it, a planet where they build gigantic statues of me. Where they name cities after me. Where every history book starts with me. A planet where they'll always remember the name. P. Mordecai Stimbeline. Gret farted. This would be irrelevant, except that it was so loud that it caused a flock of enormous space birds to fly out of the trees, squawking loudly, as if nature itself was surprised. Mm. What? said Gret, anticlimactically. That's me, Philip Mordecai Stimberline. You can call me Pip. 
how old are you? In space years, I just turned 21. In a strange coincidence, space years were exactly the same length as <laughs> Earth years, plus three minutes. Have you ever met me before? Not that I can remember, but hey, back on the farm, I met a lot of people. Well, not people exactly, but I met a lot of space chickens, and, <laughs> and they look like people, except for the wings, and the feathers, and the beak. Gret had his second realisation in a single day which was a record for him, beating his previous record by two realisations. <laughs> <laughs> this beautiful space adventurer was a young Pope Mordecai Stimberline. Before he became a Pope, before he became consumed with bitter jealousy, mm. before he turned into a spooky skeleton that cut people's heads off and wore them like hats. Here, would you mind giving me a lift to Earth? I'm from there, I could show you around. <laughs> sure! Pip Stimberline reached backwards and opened the rear passenger door. Hey! Is it true what they say about the Earth air? <laughs> what do they say? Just that if you stay there too long, it has this freaky effect on your larynx. Something called spasmodic dysphonia. <laughs> it certainly never caused my voice to change, said Gret. My voice has always been exactly the same. <laughs> well, hey, how bad can it be? Said Pip Stimberline, locking the spaceship doors and flicking on the stereo. You ready for takeoff? I don't know, said Gret, looking nervously at the tiny spaceship. Is it scary? It sure is, my friend. But you know what I always say? In space, no one can hear you. Stimble scream. <laughs> and, Gret learned, as the ship rumbled and lurched, in space, no one could hear you stimble shit yourself either. <laughs> <laughs> will Gret save humanity by meddling in the past, or will he ruin everything for everyone? What happened to change the pleasant, likeable Pip Stimberline into a hate-filled murder skeleton? Was it meeting Gret Binchleaf? <laughs> will Gret get his leg back, or will he have to keep hopping everywhere? Find out in the next carnivorous chapter of Gret Binchleaf and the Adventure of the Complicated Head. continuing adventures of Gret Binchleaf, the soft-boiled private dick with a crippling fear of pies. So do you want to tell us anything about the experience of writing or avoiding writing Gret Binchleaf? Yeah, well, yeah, there are some things, aren't there? Because, um, like, I'm, all, I'm, I'm fine with this chapter, you know. I don't, don't nerve-wracking. Yeah. <laughs> That's but a like, first. But, but in as much as, like, uh, it's not funny. Okay. But I think it's kind of interesting. Okay, cool. But the problem with that is that, like, I may have mentioned to you before, I think that I might have, have like, accidentally stolen a really famous plot. <laughs> and that's my story. Well, that's all right. And then we can just say it's a parody or a homage. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Homage, yeah, totally. Because if someone hasn't done this, then I don't know what they've been doing. <laughs> Lazy. But okay. it, but if they haven't, then maybe I'm, like, Paul McCartney. And, like... <laughs> That famous, that famous plot person. Just song just came to me and I thought, oh, that's got to be a famous song, that one, hasn't it? That song was yesterday. <laughs> that song was yesterday. Sorry, because I was doing the wrong person oh, then. That song was yesterday. The plot so far. In an attempt to cheat death, Pope Mordecai Stimberline, the pickle-headed psychopath from Epsilon Eridani B. <laughs> yeah. Challenged the Grim Reaper to a game of chess. But whilst the Harvester of Souls was recovering from a particularly cunning castling, 
Stimberline nicked his magic dimension scythe and <laughs> used it to return to the land of the living. Stimberline then set about killing anyone better looking than him, which, given Stimberline resembled a month-old sack of dead pigs, was everyone. <laughs> yes, believe it or not, he was even uglier than Gret Binchleaf. Binchleaf escaped Stimberline by tricking him into the stomach of Sharky the Crocodile and using his heat portal watch to escape to the past. Here, by some cosmic design, Gret met a young Pip Stimberline and hitched a ride in his ship where, unaccustomed to Epsilon Eridanian space travel, Gret Binchleaf stimble shit himself. <laughs> Will it smell? <laughs> Will it float? <laughs> Do they have spare trousers in space? <laughs> Find out now oh, in the next noggin nixing episode of Gret Benchleaf and the Adventure of the Complicated Head. Brilliant! I can't wait to find out if they have spare trousers in space. Yeah. That's my that's my main uh, <laughs> that's my main interest. It's all in about this. that. Oh, so. that's good because that's all I really want to know. It's all it's just it's completely about that. <laughs> so it's all set in a tailor shop. Is it space tailors? Chapter eight: Gret Binchleaf and the Adventure of the Space Tailors. Yum! <laughs> looking. Mm. No, it's not. It's chapter. It's chip to eight. <laughs> yeah, that's that. I've inserted a chip now. Cool. Chip to eight. Oink oink oink. Wigwam boink. That's the title. Yeah. Right, okay. Because <laughs> now we've had a few title designs, right? We started out calling them all the adventure yeah. <laughs> But then you forgot that in yep. chapter six and went back to using Gret as a as a pun, <laughs> which we'd done like two books ago. Right? Mm-hmm. So I kind of picked up on that as well. Did I yeah. do that too? Yeah, you did, you did, yeah. you did a good one. Okay. Um, Couldn't think of one. Okay, so you <laughs> this time you've gone, well, we've got we've got lots of different possibilities. We've got the book one, Binchley, yeah. we've got book two, Gret puns, we've got mm-hmm. book three, um, other story yep. uh, references, we've got book four, the adventure of. Or we've got book five, oinking <laughs> Oink, 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 wigwam boink. It rhymes, it's a new it's a new level, it's, it's a new rhyme, rhyming chapter. Rhyming noises. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But what you're basically saying is I can <laughs> I can do whatever the crap I want with the, oh, title, yeah. I mean, the title of my chapter because there's no rules anymore. <laughs> there's never a rule, was there? <laughs> okay, chapter eight. Oink, 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 wig, wham, boink. <laughs> it was a beautiful, pig-free day in the meadow. <laughs> the suns were shining, the bird was singing, and the plants were enjoying all the hydrochloride. <laughs> Bitten by a pig was taking a walk. Her mother, old age, didn't like bitten by a pig walking in the meadow alone in case there were any rogue toothy hogs on the prowl that might want to bite her. (laughs) But bitten by a pig was a willful young lady and so, after much argument, her mother had acquiesced and sharpened a stick for her. Because she she wants to go hunting? She just wants to go for a nice walk. Oh, okay. So she's giving her a sharpened stick as a defence weapon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But she can hunt with it, yeah. I mean... Okay. I just just wanted to check I wasn't missing anything. Oh, no, you're not missing anything. Cool. Yeah, no, it's not for any other thing. It's not for shipping of her arse. <laughs> it's not an arse stick. I didn't, to be honest, I didn't think... That wasn't my first thought. When you said her mother gave her a sharpened yeah, stick, yeah. I didn't think, oh, I bet that's a stick of her arse. I said, that's really well, far down on my list. Well, I don't know how your mind works. <laughs> I think you know me better than that, right? Um, do I? <laughs> do I, though? I know what you do with sharp sticks. Yeah, yeah, but that's me. Not, not ones my mum gave me. Yeah, I, I don't let my characters do that. It's just, just what I do. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> As bitten by a pig, basked in the rays of the suns in her leather bikini. 
Oh, yeah. oh dear. <laughs> the piece was shattered by a terrifying squealing sound. <laughs> Pig! She yelled. <laughs> and she was immediately in fight mode, stick poised to impale whatever devil hog had made this sound. She looked left. She looked right. She turned 90 degrees and looked left and right again. Then she became aware of a whistling sound. What was it? Where was it coming from? Left, right, front, back? No. And then she looked up. What was that? It was plummeting towards her, some kind of dark, viscous matter. And there was so much of it. Oh, no. What is this? Falling gloop? She asked no one. Could it possibly be a gelatinous porcine demon? More to the point, why was she staring at it and not getting out of the way? She turned to run, but was too late. The stinky, browny, greeny, sloppy substance splattered all over her. Right there, buddy, asked Pip Stimberline cool. as, he, as he piloted his spaceship to middle-aged Earth. Not too shabby, said his travelling companion, Grat Binchleaf. That is to say, I did just shit myself. <laughs> when Pip frowned, he still looked beautiful. <laughs> but it's okay, continued Grat. Ever since that business with Professor Doctor Who, my shit always magically vanishes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm happy with this. Mm -hmm. Pip considered this statement and quickly concluded that not engaging was the best <laughs> idea. <laughs> right, you are, pal. <laughs> Gret frowned a repellent frown. He disliked Pip Stimberline even more than Pope Stimberline. At least Pope Stimberline had taken an interest in Gret's adventuring history. Yeah. Seriously, Gret had just let slip a doozy about his magic shit and name-dropped Professor Doctor Who, but Pip had totally negged him. In fact, so annoyed was Gret that he failed to spot the grinning face of John Williams in the <laughs> rear-view space mirror. <laughs> A thousand years later, Sharky the Crocodile was also annoyed. He had hoped his appetite would be sated when he ate Gret Binchleaf, <laughs> when he grew at Binchleaf, but for some reason he felt as hungry as ever. Almost as if Gret Benchleaf wasn't in his stomach at all. He was about to think, but didn't think, because a scythe burst through his back and sliced him open top to tail. Oh dear. Presently, out of the steaming hot corpse of Sharky the Crocodile, stepped the equally hot corpse of John Williams. A scythe <laughs> in one skeleton hand, and a ginormous human leg in the other. <laughs> Freedom! Croaked John Wimberline. Okay, so it's Pope Stimberline wearing... Yeah. John Williams' head, because, mm -hmm. as you said, the Sharky the Crocodile has eaten the John Williams Orchestra yes. beforehand, so while he's in there, he's put his head on. Yeah. Okay, cool. He's got he's wearing John Williams. Okay, cool. And he's got Gret's leg. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm. From an earlier time when Sharky the Crocodile mm -hmm. bit it off. Yes. Cool. Freedom! Croaked John Wimberline. <laughs> and using incredible knowledge of DNA and incredible knowledge of glue... <laughs> He attached the magic dimension scythe to the leg and swung. <laughs> Presently, he found himself on the hull of young Pip's spacecraft, clinging to the spoiler. And that spoiler is in the flap on a wing designed to reduce speed. Not spoiler as in, hey, in Chapter 8, Gret goes to a parallel Earth and boinks some pig-phobic chick in a bikini. <laughs> so that's a spoiler. Okay, yeah, I guess that. After some light, speedy space-time in space, the ship done gone and landed. 
Wimberleen dropped from the wing and readied his scythe to delete Benchley forever. Looking at the spaceship now, Wimberleen couldn't help but feel it looked familiar, but he couldn't for the life of him, death of him, or living death of him, remember why. If old age hadn't ravaged his mind enough, he'd really put the nail in the coffin with all that brain pickling. <laughs> Presently, the spacecraft opened and Pip stepped out. Wimberleen saw him and gasped. This man had the most beautiful head he'd ever seen. <laughs> well, not for long, he thought, the bastard. <laughs> Off with your head, screamed Wimberleen in a jealous rage. Schloink. Oh. A decapitated Pip Stimberleen fell to the boring dust, dead. And now, Binchleaf, it's your turn, began Wimberleen, but hesitated as his hands started to vanish. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think I've I think I've spotted what film you're <laughs> referencing. You remember how you couldn't work out <laughs> what it comes from? I think it's Back to the Future. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I seem to remember something like that happening in that remember in Back to the Future when Marty gets attacked by a skeleton with a scythe. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah Back to the yeah. Future Four. Attack of the skeleton. <laughs> Brilliant. That's a well exciting time paradox. Mm. Oh yeah, but it began with but hesitated as his hands started to vanish. What's happening? No. Ah Wimberline vanished in a gust of paradoxical granddads. <laughs> hey, what just happened, fella? said Pip as he blinked into existence. Um, managed Gret, before Wimberleen materialised and chopped off Pip's head for a second time. Ha ha ha! grinned, then frowned, then ceased to be. <laughs> hey, did something weird just happen? said Pip as he popped into being. Um, managed Gret, before Wimberleen turned up and murdered Pip's head off. Now at last! croaked Wimberleen before a sudden failure to exist led to his total absence. Then it happened again, um, and again, um, each time a little faster, and as the pace increased, a terrible squealing sound began to swell, and a blinding light tore through reality, and ping! <laughs> Maybe it was coincidence, or perhaps it was by supreme design, that the planet Heart lay at the very centre of the Weeniverse. <laughs> which in turn lay at the very centre of the multiverse. Heart was a primitive world. The native population had yet to invent cell phones and still used drums to communicate over long distances, so you might call it the beating heart of the multiverse. Or, if you enjoyed irony, you might note that the planet is perfectly positioned to have the best cell phone signal in existence. Or, if you were Gret Binchleaf, suddenly lying sunny side up on the face of a distant planet, you might say, Here, where the bleeding hell am I? And did, Here, where the bleeding hell am I? <laughs> the Stimberline paradox had ripped a paradoxical hole through the multiverse. Or a paradoxy hole, if you will. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, you must. You must. <laughs> okay. Okay. Okay, I will. Okay. <laughs> Hello! Hello! called Gret as he stumbled through the luscious undergrowth, his spittle flying on the wind and spreading germs that would one day evolve and eradicate an entire species of beavers. Speaking of beavers, suddenly Gret spied something in the lake. A hot, nudie woman with big old wigwams was washing the shit out of her hair. Oh god. She looked wet and boobered. You look wet and boobered! His mouth yelled before his brain could stop it. And like that, the girl was gone. He would have chalked it up to a figment of the imagination if it weren't for the stiffening feeling in his pant penis. <laughs>
Speaking of penises, <laughs> Gret suddenly felt a sharp prick in the back of his neck. Turn slowly around, stranger. Gret turned around slowly to find the hot nudie woman. Up close, he could see her beaver had been expertly trimmed. You look hot and barbered, his mouth said. <laughs> I am hot, she replied. <laughs> and I am barbered. <laughs> dear, dear. <laughs> he finally looked at her face, which he was pleased to discover was rather bonny. Well, except for that huge tattoo she'd had done on her forehead that said bitten by a pig. <laughs> Gret doffed his hat and she gave a startled gasp. What are you, nameless beast? she cried, pointing a finger at his brow. I'm not nameless, said Gret Binchleaf. But before he could tell her his name was Binchleaf, Gret Binchleaf, there was an oinking sound. Bitten by a pig reacted immediately, pivoting 79 degrees east and hurling a stick. <laughs> the pointy bit of the stick impacted right between the eyes of a hungry-looking porker, killing it in the brain immediately. Take that, pig, she said. <laughs> Turning into Frank Spencer. It was, yeah, yeah, it's a difficult one. <laughs> it wasn't a particularly good one-liner, and so Gret tried some of his own. <laughs> He's as dead as a boar nail. <laughs> He's pushing up day sows. <laughs> Here today, bacon tomorrow. <laughs> Piglets, I've had a few, but I did it swine way. Tee-hee-hee-hee, she laughed. <laughs> You're so funny. <laughs> Obviously, they didn't have jokes where she came from, thought Gret. <laughs> Clearly, he was in. Or where Gret came from. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> like a man with a G-S-O-H, do you? <laughs> she realised she was being too easy and quickly played hard to Gret. They are okay, she said, as a jester or a village idiot. Yeah. But I prefer a real man. Well, sweet beaver, last time I weighed myself, I was the equivalent of six and a half real men. Her bosom was heaving. That's right, kiddo, I'm 650% man. <laughs> a whole minute later, bitten by a pig, lay in Gret's arms, smoking a cigarette. <laughs> I shall take you to see the complicated head, she said. He will have knowledge of what to do. The complicated who? <laughs> the complicated head. He is our wise man. Why is it called the complicated head? Because his head is complicated. Aha. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> and because his head is so complicated, some say he is an immortal. But now, looking at the head of you, your head appears even more unfathomable. It is so very blank. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't going to ask, but since we're on the subject, what's the deal with that massive tattoo? Gret pointed now to the words which were written beneath her scalp in large curly letters. It is my name, she said, bitten by a pig. Ah, what a pretty name. <laughs> Gret lied. <laughs> but it is no tattoo. It is a birthmark given unto me by the god. Bleeding strange birthmark, said Gret. And I don't say that flippantly, since mine is in the shape of a giraffe in a top hat. That's something we've never known about Gret before. Mm. That we're going to find out where it is or how big it is. Probably really. on that leg that he's not got anymore. <laughs> Everybody on the planet Heart has a forehead which predicts their death. Everybody on where has a what which what now? Our destiny is written on our heads. You mean you know when you're going to die? No, not when, but how. The birthmark gives no timeline, only the manner of death. Crikey, said Gret. You must always be looking over your shoulder. Yes. For a pig. <laughs> yeah, 
I'll tell you what I think, Miss Buyer Pig. I think no matter how ginormous my bonce is, there'd be no room to fit all the ways I've died on it. <laughs> Even in a really tiny font. Genie, chicken, pie allergy, <laughs> chicken pie allergy, <laughs> underestimating the size of a melon, <laughs> Gret Binchleaf and the Adventure of the Spooky Monkey, gun pudding. <laughs> I've survived them all. I also think you should shave your forehead and stop hanging out with pigs. You are a wise one, truly. You and the complicated head will have much discussion. Sometime later, after two close shaves with pigs, and one close shave with a razor back, that's three close shaves with pigs, because a razor back's a pig. Okay. It's a hilarious joke. <laughs> that is good, yeah, yeah. Bitten by a pig, and Gret Benchleaf reached a village of wooden huts, where the village people were happily skinning pigs, sharpening sticks, dancing around fires, and not getting annoyed with printers. <laughs> because they don't because have them. Yeah, I've got them. Okay. Because they haven't it's, had it's a beautiful, lovely a life. printer revolution mm. yet. Okay. I have brought a nameless visitor from the knot here. <laughs> announced, bitten by a pig. <laughs> so suddenly sounding like she was in Doctor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good. Well, she's wearing a leather bikini. We all know who she is. <laughs> I told you, Leela was all over this. And looking up from their activities, the villagers collectively gasped. Thence followed a stunned silence. A silence so silent that it was only broken by the sound of a leaf drifting slowly down and resting on a bench. But Gret was no stranger to this moment. He'd seen it in about a dozen movies at last count. He pulled out a multi-pack of Snickers, demonstrated how tasty they were, and soon the braver villagers were shuffling forward to try them. Gret Binchleaf was finally being accepted by the Hartions. Is the type of thing Richard Attenborough's <laughs> brother... David Attenborough <laughs> would be saying right now if he wasn't an unborn baby in a parallel universe. Yeah. Wah, wah. Speaking of babies, a setback. A terrified baby began to howl at the sight of this hideous troll from its mama's fairy stories. What could Gret do? His snickers were useless. Gret knew you don't give nuts to children, either kind. <laughs> of course, he remembered. And from deep within his pockets, his pants, he pulled out a box of emergency after-et mint. <laughs> the baby tried an after-et mint. And... Babies like after-et mints, concluded Gret. <laughs> and finally Gret was welcome. Everyone wanted to touch him and gobble his nuts. <laughs> okay, so so Gret keeps after-et mints in his pants. Yeah. Right? And do babies... Then he feeds after, to babies. Do, do, have you ever tried to feed an after-et mint to a baby? Yeah. Do they eat them? Do they like they them? They explode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, carry on. Um, everyone wanted to touch him and gobble his nuts. Only the tribe dog remained wary and continued to growl. Call the complicated head! Call the complicated head! And the drummers did some drumming, and others danced around the fire with pointy sticks where a pig was cooking. And presently, from the most ornate hut, a happy young man appeared, perhaps 18 years old, and skipped gaily towards Gret. As he drew closer, Gret's mouth dropped. He couldn't take his eyes off the complicated head's head and the complicated words written upon it. The complicated head stood before Gret and smiled. It was the smile of a chap who felt quietly confident that he would live forever on account of his bizarre and obscure name. Greeting, stranger, said the complicated head. Allow me to introduce myself. I am sat on by Gret Binchleaf. <laughs> did you guess? Did you know it was coming? No, not even slightly. Okay. No, no. I had no idea what was going on. And what is your name, pray tell? <laughs> uh, uh, 
<laughs> Grat quickly scanned the surrounding area for inspiration. <laughs> yeah. The dog was still growling at him. <laughs> the baby was etting another after et mint. Oh, and uh, there was that bench with that leaf on it. <laughs> dog child seat foliage. <laughs> said Gret Benchley, and sighed a sigh of relief. What an unusual name, said the complicated head. Where I come from, it's a pretty common name. There's no end of seat foliages in the phone book. What is this phone book of which you speak, dog child? said Bitten by a Pig. Oh, it's it's like that plank you write all your drum code on, only even more fucking redundant. Later that evening, in the ebony-crafted VIP entertainment hut, dog child seat foliage... A.K.A. Gret Binchleaf, <laughs> smoked the pipe of peace with the complicated head, bitten by a pig, and many other important villagers, including the head's father, at home in bed. They were all having a right old lovely time. At home in bed was the village story weaver, a proper bona fide raconteur, and he was regaling them with tales of famous pig deaths, mythical sharpened sticks, and the invention of fire. It was halfway through a particularly exciting story of a pig getting impaled and cooked when a collective murmur interrupted him. I say, do you mind? I'm talking here, said at home in bed. But the murmur only increased, and the sense of dread within the hut was palpable. What the devil's going on? At home in bed asked his wise son, who could only gawp and point. What is happening to his God-given name? asked Bitten by a Pig. What indeed, for right before their very eyes the name upon at home in bed's forehead had begun to move, twisting and changing shape. Santo Shati, Scostafalabu! Oxidaisy, said Gret Binchleaf as he pulled out his cell phone and flipped it to silent. <laughs> Sorry about that. The missus, she always phones at the worst possible moments. <laughs> Actually, I'm surprised I've got any service here. Anyway, where were we? Oh yeah, his name is changing. Is that normal? The missus. Mm-hmm. So, so Gret's wife is calling him presumably from the future. <laughs> yeah. <Right>? Okay. <laughs> it's a time phone, isn't it? <laughs> Doctor uh, who gave it to him. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, where were we? Uh, oh yeah, his name is changing. It is that normal? No, our names are our destiny. Destiny cannot be changed," said the wise one. Yeah, that's what I said about my pants, but Mangela insisted. <laughs> Look, it comes to a stop," said Bitten by a Pig, and so it does. Was, and so it was. <laughs> the letters were slowing and dropping into place, one by one, until finally they were still. What are these strange words? said Bitten by a Pig. He ad Kotovbi. <laughs> no, said Gret Binchleaf with a quiver of horror in his voice. Head cut off by. <laughs> Head cut off by what? said the wise one. Head cut off by Stimberline, <laughs> came a horrifying reply. And with that, a blade sliced straight through head cut off by Stimberline's neck. <laughs> and the head in question was flying across the room, blood squirting from the neck hole. And the bonceless body slumped to the floor, revealing the grinning skeleton figure of Pope Mordecai Stimberline. What was that all about then? Oh, will the next chapter be short and have jokes in? Oh, can I stop listening now and have a sandwich? <laughs> Go fuck yourselves until next time, you twats. <laughs> Is that the end? Yeah. Alright, um, but, but also we love you. <laughs> uh, don't stop listening. Bye. Don't stop listening. <laughs> <laughs>
Ooh, I did enjoy that episode of Gret Bitchleaf and the Complicated Head Story. That was... <laughs> did you? Yeah, my favourite, that one. Oh, but I tell you what I wish I could listen to. I wish I could listen to the very first Gret Bitchleaf story, mm. The Adventure of the People Turning Into Books. Unfortunately, it's exclusive to the secret gang, and I haven't got a million pounds to spend. Oh, why would they charge such a large number of pounds when I haven't got them? If only they charged a little cheaper. Howard, can you put the price down for me, please? I'll do it for you, sir, for two pounds. Two pounds, and would you do it for everyone else for that price, and also two dollars if you're paying in the US currency for some reason? Okay, yes, I will. For an exclusive time of forever, you can join now <laughs> for two dollars or two pounds and get all that stuff. Wow, wow. I'm, well, I'm not going to do that, actually. I've just been teasing you. Bye, Mill. Oh, no. All right, let's have, let's have a trailer, please. <laughs> You know what I think, Professor Doctor Who? I think that since aeroplanes have seats on them, they should be called chairaplanes. <laughs> Available now from patreon.com forward slash man by cow. The last time this trick was performed, a lovely lady ended up with a beard, and a manly man ended up with a massive pair of... He paused for effect. Knockers! <laughs> the boy turned and saw that the man and woman had proper vanished. They were my parents, he said. And now they've gone. Gret Binchleaf and the adventure of the people turning into books. He hadn't been able to deal with his failure, his complete inability to solve the mystery of why his little brother, Dick, and his best friend, Nathaniel Chuff, had both turned into books. Mm. The first Gret Binchleaf book. Gret really knew how to charm the ladies. He could see that his no-nonsense technique was already getting Ava hot and bothered, or hot and boobered, as he liked to call it, and did. You look hot and boobered, he spat. I am hot, she said, and I am boobered. Listen to Rufus and Howard stumble blindly through the creation of Gret Finchleaf and his universe. And your son's name, what is it? Gret. He's called Gret, after his Gret grandfather. <laughs> it all fitted, especially when you factored in the time travel. In fact, only then. <laughs> All 12 chapters are available now for just $2. Just then, a gaggle of cyber Nazis goose-stepped over, and the tall one said, Oh, and it pulled Professor Doctor Who's head off. He pulled his dead off. He hasn't got a dead. If you keep your dead whilst all around your dead people are dead, rambled Gret, <laughs> finally losing all semblance of sense. A single payment of $2 gets you this, the adventure of the glow-in-the-dark chickens, all of Man by Cow, all the extended Worst Writer episodes, and more. I've had an idea, Gret said aloud, confusing Krabchenko, the Ukrainian cafe owner who only spoke two words of English, both of which were sausage. <laughs> Available now from patreon.com forward slash man by cow. I don't giraffe lubin well mean that, because that doesn't make any giraffe lubin sense. Here, why do I keep saying giraffe lubin? (laughs) 